0: of the southland monday january 23rd mr purdy a georgia tech basketball player one player of the week tell me more
1: i know how about that uh tony morgan was the not player of the week acc rookie of the week i had that wrong in the sheet but either way she still put on a great show in the last couple of games averaging 15 and a half uh, and 11 and a half rebounds in the win against syracuse and the loss against uh, north carolina but still in both games she showed out and played really well um Nell in the post game after the Syracuse game was uh, really really happy about how she's able to drive, how much better she is at driving to the hole, just finding comp- more and more confidence each game, uh, and just kinda, she right now my comp is that she's playing like a Russell Westbrook that makes buckets, uh, which absolutely is a dick on Russell Westbrook. Can't pass up on those, but
0: not a uh, not a Russell Westbrook situation.
1: No, it, it it's better than a Russell Westbrook situation because she also does know how to share the ball some. Um and when it's when she just needs to get something done she just gets it done. Uh, Damn, he didn't get my joke. This is no, disappointing. sorry, I, I I don't I can't see
0: Russell Westbrick? Come on.
1: Oh oh, I'm, how many okay, gold? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. How many? Uh, it's a good one. gold? It is a good one. It is a good one. He's actually been playing better, so <laughs> can't really go there right now. Um, but either way, no, Tony absolutely deserved her Rookie of the Week nomination. Um, in a week where we finally got a win, but we'll get on that later.
0: Speaking of sure. gold, specifically things that are painted in gold, Mr. Grant, something found its new home on campus this week.
2: Yeah, uh, it was the rambled Wreck that found its new home, uh, the garage project that's been ongoing for, I mean, planning started when I was still a wee, uh, you know, undergrad and maybe even before that. But, uh, yeah, the Wreck moved into its new home, uh, the Alumni Association association promptly tweeted out uh, a tweet with rec spelled with a w uh so that was you know rankling oh, wow. to me but uh some things never change uh but the rec now does get to live in a place where everyone can see it uh tours will start nearby um you know it doesn't have to be some big secret for the student body i think it makes it a lot more accessible so i've been a big supporter of this uh this project from as far as I've as long as I've known about it. Uh, So it's really great to see it come to fruition in that sense, but also just in a, you know, the student body knows where it is and and can feel that connection to it right in the heart of campus. Uh, So it's next to the renovated student center, the wing that was torn down and rebuilt. uh, So kind of off the transit hub uh, turnaround, I guess, off of first drive. So right in the heart of campus should be very accessible to those that want to see it.
1: It's got a lot of chairs and stuff around it, too. So you can like sit next to the garage it's not just like a walking kind of thing you can hang out there it's a really good little spot where you can get a lot of sun on campus on a day where getting a lot of sun works um and then you're still right next to everything so it's added study spots with the view yep Um, and it's uh got a
2: lot of natural light so that'll go really well with the car
1: And it'll be cool too like when they actually like work on it like the mechanics of it you'll be able to see that happen assuming they actually do that in that space and not the old space wherever it was which i still got to find out they'll where. do it i swear to god i'm gonna find out
0: they'll do it in the new space uh i think that they'll, was they'll the do plan what they that can. we were told
2: they, they'll do what they can in the new space yeah. um with it being yeah. a 100 a or not a hundred ninety-two year old car it's not it's, exactly a
1: big area either like it, it's kind of, it's pretty boxy
0: you have to remember that these are students and not professional mechanics they can only do so much, like Jake was saying, to a ninety-two-year-old uh, car.
2: I will, I will say the point of the Model A is to be a very like hands-on car, one that the everyman can renovate. I think that's what makes it such a perfect fit. And this is me now getting into the philosophy of the Model A <laughs> being the perfect rambling rack. Uh, Cut, Cut a promo. Cut a promo. But where I'm going at here is at the end of the day, yes, the things that work. More easy to accomplish in 1930, uh, just from the accessibility of parts and the uh, certain, you know, a- aspects that maybe, you know, aren't uh, aren't as easy to do with just given the age of the car. Actually, I don't know if we're at liberty to talk about this, but there was an extensive rebuild uh, a couple There's years ago. There an extensive
0: rebuild in 07. That was the extensive,
2: extensive but... not expensive, but no, I mean, it yeah, was I said extensive. <laughs> I can use my teeth. <laughs> oh, I,
1: I was, if, if it's Freudian. anything, the layman, the, the layman me was aware of this as well. So,
2: okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so, what, what I'll say there is a lot of that stuff is not the stuff that Henry Ford and his engineers would have average Joe in 1931 doing to their car, anyways. That's body paneling and, you know, the, the special paint with the metallic flex. Like, that's not something you could just do on campus so the stuff that they can do uh, they will do there but uh, as always you know you're not going to see like you know joe schmo doing a complete engine rebuild because they're the driver in between you know their their midterm and and you know going to i don't know be an ra or something like that like that's just not not feasible but but it is great to have it there and they will do the stuff that they can around there and they'll wash it right there too which you know that's Mm. a great way to engage with maintenance for the student body too
0: yeah, it'll be a very, very fun space. Speaking of very unfun spaces on campus, let's talk about McCamish oh, Pavilion geez. this past week. Uh men's basketball went over two. They lost to Kevin Keats's NC State. Unfortunately, NC State is a winner. They took away a 78 to 66 win. And Syracuse and Jim Beheim and his merry band of orange. Took away an eighty to sixty-three win. Georgia Tech, I think, is right now one and eight in conference with five consecutive losses in the ACC. After that win versus Miami, that I think a lot of us thought was going to be a turning point in the season, they have only broken seventy points twice versus ACC opponents, and one of those had to be uh, was an OT. Versus Notre Dame, Mr. Purdy, you were on press row for, I believe, at least one of these games. What yep. was your take from your bird's eye view?
1: Um, It's a lot of the same that we've been talking about before. I mean, a lot of effort, but from Davon, the shooting gets really hot or gets really cold at times. Uh, the We've had some injuries, mis, mishaps this week as well. Um, yeah, it's just not all there. Uh, Josh was not as usual, he, even as giddy he is want to be when he can be um he just wasn't that after the north carolina state game uh from what i can remember at that point the the losing streak that was in the midst of before the women had won their game so that was like the worst it had ever gotten between the men and women's losing streaks at that time um i remember a couple of us saying in the media room before josh came out that i was like that was just the worst shooting we've seen in ages like that was it was just overall just just not there at all, which is not to remove take away from the talent of the team, but t- I think the team is talented. There's a lot of other factors here that have gone into why um, it, this team is what it is this year. Uh, and Syracuse didn't look any better. My feed accidentally cut out on Bally, like with three minutes left in the Syracuse game. And I was like, I don't think I need to try and find the end of this game.
0: Jake um, and I were there, and I so think I we would have rather the feed cut out, the feed of our eyes, if you will, yep. would have cut yep. out.
1: Um. Yeah, all that to say, uh, there's there. Yeah, there's a lot of work here to do. That my I remember that Miami game. Like it felt so good, Miami, and they did really well defensively. Like make Miami work hard to get anything done. And I don't, I haven't seen that uh, since then. Mr.
0: Grant, what you got for me?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm where a lot of tech fans
2: are. It's, it's disappointing, and it feels like we've watched really the same game, uh, different flavors of it all year. Um, we haven't really been all that clean uh, in terms of fouls we haven't clicked in all three scoring aspects of the game whether that's you know from 2 from 3 and from the line uh, we haven't drawn a lot of fouls to get to the line um you know there there's there's really minimal success in in the paint night tonight um i don't know it's just hard to take really really anything away from it we i mean we got we got a winning conference Hooray, won't go winless but i mean i i hate to I hate to rag. I I love men's basketball. Like this is perhaps my favorite college sport to watch. Um, and it's just tough. There's not there's not a lot going right. Uh, the defense isn't horrible, but it's not particularly good. They've been, you know, turning the ball over a decent amount. And when you're not on in any consistent way, it it, it it's tough. And it, it's a team that's young still. But I I think Passner actually said it pretty well in one of his press conferences recently is that they didn't win enough last year right this is that was a team that was kind of in a weird spot bridging between old and and young uh in that case it did have uh, michael devoe and, and jordan usher to be reliable old options there but you know it it, it made the, the seat that much hotter to to directly focus on the passenger side of things but it made the, it, it made the seat that much hotter looking towards this year and it it's not easy to uh, I, I assume be on a team that just isn't really now. Siri just turned on for some reason. Um, I don't know. It's, Siri, please be quiet. Um, anyways, that distraction aside, um, where was I going? I, I my mean, computer the, is failing me. They're, um,
1: they're not. They're, they're just. They're not up to snuff. It's hard to watch. Yeah and They're as not just we love watching them play like it there's been also there's been a crowd issue as well cuz attendance down as predictable but at, during that NC State game there was a, I asked Josh about this like there was a very very loud NC Wolf pack chant at the end of that game same as uh, too same yeah, with same, the geese yeah i did hear i did hear that on the tv and there but at least at the NC State game the attempted response with the yellow jacket chant that the band started up was met with dead silence like no one said anything
0: Well, I I mean, it's just a very – I I think both of you have said it, so I'm not really going to mince words – mince this again too hard, but it's just rough. Like I'm not really going to blame students for taking time out of their days to watch bad basketball. No, I would like. I'll, I'll be I'll be the bad cop on this one. No, like, I agree. I agree. And it's already hard no, enough I, to get I, a I lot of them too. out as
1: well because Tech is a very unique student situation relative to other me- major ACC schools. Like it's just a different kind of fan base.
2: Well, and and when when Georgia Tech has been mediocre to good, uh, the my freshman year nit team comes to mind. Those Saturday noon, two, three, four o'clock games when nothing else was going on pre-dinner, like it it what else is there to do on a Saturday when you're a college student other than eat some breakfast, go watch some hoops? Like that that was Saturday, right? Yeah. And not, not to the same extent that football is in the fall, right? And I mean, maybe that's just the circles people run in, but I mean, it, it was hard to get to make sure you're gonna get a ticket. And and even when the team was Mediocre to eh. Again, that NIT year comes to mind. I think they put like like two or three thousand students in against Clemson, and even last year, right against Wisconsin, there was, was three four thousand students, and it was it was packed. That I was mean, expectations game. were super yeah. high, fresh off the, the the ACC title. Like it's yeah, it just it's, it's a student body that responds to success, and I think you see that. I, I, we go back to this sport all the time. But volleyball is a model for the success you can have on campus, even though this year, like, I think I was a little bit down on them because they didn't really live up to the expectation, at least I think I had going into the season. But those students still packed the place out to the point where you can't get in. It's the same thing that uh you see with baseball. Like, during the, the COVID season with baseball, they would sell out the student allotment. Granted, there weren't enough of those tickets, but the the line to get in every day was super long. And that's... Yeah. That's what happens when you have a like a good team and a successful team. And Georgia Tech fans aren't like they're not gonna they don't have time to waste, right? And and they're not gonna spend that time on something that's not coming to fruition. And I and I think that's why you saw notable upticks even in the Jeff Collins era. Um, granted, very limited student tickets in 2020. But in, in twenty one, boom, a little spike mm-hmm. after that UNC game because hey, it's successful. I wanna go invest in that and see that. And I don't think in either of our two biggest marquee programs, men's basketball and uh, football, COVID, you're notwithstanding for for the men on the basketball side, like they, they've just gone and poof. Like I, again, I don't blame students for doing that. Just because I, as a full time working adult, tend to make a similar decision. You know, I I don't I don't go to every game if I like have choir and, and things like that. It's hard to just force it into your schedule if if you're not going to see a compelling product.
0: Yeah, I think that's about where we can leave that one. Their upcoming schedule, just to be thorough, tonight when you hear this, because that, this will be Tuesday, uh, they will be at number twenty-four, Clemson. That's a nine PM tip on ACC Network. Uh, and then Saturday, Duke will visit McCamish McCamish Pavilion, excuse me, at three PM. Uh, that is a sold out game. I'm going to leave it there. Let's move on to the women's side of Zelnak Practice Center. The women started off their week with a win versus Syracuse, 69-57. A rough game for Cuse, especially in the paint and around the rim. Uh, but Tech took their chances, and, and they pulled away late. Uh, and then, on the flip side, uh, in Carmichael Arena in Chapel Hill, Tech lost to number 17 UNC, 70 Mr. Purdy. Let's start with you. Tell me about the Syracuse game.
1: Syracuse seemed like they were on the brink of pulling away multiple times, um, and then in the third quarter, Tech had an eight-zero run to get up by four, which is the most they were up by at any point. Um, and then it, it kind of it, it was held. They were just close the whole way, and then in the fourth quarter, they had another shot to break away, and they did, uh, which just hasn't happened all year against a significant opponent to so actually like put together a good stretch of basketball that they didn't immediately give up. Um, Donna Noero barely played. They only played, like, 13 combined minutes against Syracuse, even though they started. So it was pretty clear that that was going to be a Cam and Bianca game. Also an A.C. Carter game, who went perfect shooting uh, for nine points in from the line. Uh, So she's maybe finding a little slot here. Um, Syracuse also, like, missed, like, 15 layups. Um, I did. I went back and checked, and Tech also missed a crap ton of layups, but they just made the ones that mattered most. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can dissect that game, but ultimately it's that Syracuse did not make the most of their opportunities, and Tech was just a little bit more efficient, and Cam finally kind of found her footing again. So,
0: Let's talk a little bit about this UNC game, which I tuned in for a little bit uh, when I got a chance and just felt like Tech had, had it within shooting distance, at halftime, I think they were only down six or eight points, and yeah, then awful. just got completely run over.
1: They allowed in a couple. The second they, half. they allowed a couple late buckets in the first half that made that lead a little bit bigger than it should have been. That should have been like four or five, um, and then allowed a three and a late two. That just just they just weren't smart. Wasn't smart defense. But yeah, by the end, UNC is just they just outmatched. Like that's like that's a more mature team with a little bit better size, and, and we're able to take advantage of our turnovers really well. Uh, but, I mean, as we mentioned, Tony was rookie of the week this this week. She shot a fifth. She was 16 points, 15 rebounds, two assists against Syracuse, and then 15, 8, and 2 against North Carolina and was the leading scorer in that game. So I, I think there was a lot of positives there. They'll mention this after the Syracuse game as well that, like, even though the wins weren't adding up, finally we got one like, against Syracuse, though. But even in the losses, like, there's still progress being made. Kara uh, Dunn rebounded pretty well after having a pretty bad week last week or the week before last. Um, so there's yeah, I think the positives are there. At this point in my head, I have transitioned this year from a this is this is disappointing compared to expectations to let's just change the expectations to we got two fifth years that can come fill in when we need, but we gotta now we have these freshmen that are pretty raw but clearly have a lot of upside. So let's just max out the amount of develop, development we can do this year and see what that turns into next year.
0: I, we've said this a couple of times before on on previous episodes. It is a transition the year. There's no shame in that for the for the women's team, especially coming off the three-year set that they just had. Right, it, it was always going to be like this. I, I I think I said it last last week. I don't think it's revisionist history to make that point again. We we just kind of have to see where things end up. Anything else stand out to you from these two games?
1: Uh, at this point, uh, I think Bianca and Cam have found their way a little bit more after having like a just like they were going what 26% shooting is what we mentioned a couple episodes ago of where they were collectively. Um, So they've kind of, they've rebounded. I mean, the, the, the pendulum swing was going to go back the other way eventually. Uh, so I think they're doing, they're doing well with that. Can, Bianca has taken even more of a step back though, in terms of like playing type, like she didn't come in until like the five minute mark in the second quarter against North Carolina. So uh, Nell is using her a lot more sparingly. I'm pretty sure AC Carter came in before her and AC Carter's in a weird Role here because she's she can she she, uh, last year she was used more in the post when Hermosa and Kubai just needed to be out for a bit, Uh, but she could do any of like perimeter defense or interior defense, even though she's undersized for the interior. Uh, So it's just interesting to see how Nell's kind of using her as like just a shoe in for whatever position needs a a person for a minute,
0: Mr. Grant. I've ignored you for too long. Any notes on women's basketball before we move on?
2: Syracuse was kind of similar to the Miami game was for the men. It was the team kind of playing towards expectations and executing pretty well on all sides of the ball. And, you know, it, it's something that we knew they had in them, but I just, it, it'd be nice to get some momentum put together before, uh, before the end of the year, but you know, that remains to be seen.
0: All right. Next game for the women is Thursday versus Clemson at 7 p.m. I believe that'll be on ACC Network Extra, and then they take a week off in between fixtures. We will be taking a couple of minutes off for this short break.
2: Yes, as always, Signs of the Southland is brought to you by Section 103. Section 103 is the podcast's preferred way to get and attain Great Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech adjacent apparel. Uh, They have everything from gold to navy to white to gray and really everything in between. They have some great uh, fun designs as well as, you know, performance tees and things of that nature. I saw a lot of Welcome to the Thriller Dome shirts in McKemish the past, I guess. We've been there like five times in the last like week and change so um, definitely a lot of welcome to the thriller dome and it's my preferred shirt when i go to basketball games myself Uh, as always free shipping on orders over 70 70 bucks every day and you can find them at section 103.com and at section 103 on twitter
0: welcome back to scions of the southland for january 23rd mr grant Men's tennis played a very interesting slate this week that started with a double header versus Presbyterian, question mark?
2: See, there's a lot of content that we're about to have here. I don't know how we want to divide it up, but I am going to take this platform to say that a 4-3 win over Presbyterian is not what you want to do. Uh, Again, mid-majors, low-majors in in tennis don't really – don't really pull upsets in the same vein as you know your average baseball, men's basketball, women's basketball type uh, type deal. And a four three win is still a win, yes, but it, it is much 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 too close for comfort. Tech won the doubles point in the first match. Uh, Martin and McDaniel got back on their winning ways and they were ahead in the third pairing uh, when play was suspended. So Tech won two uh, two courts and the point was decided. Uh, of note, Andres Martin and Keshav Chopra both lost uh, in two sets. Chopra did lose in tiebreak 7-6, 6-4, 7-6, and then that was a 7-4 tiebreak. But uh, two set losses on your top two courts to a low major is not ideal at all uh, in the second match. They did go 6 one, uh, that was a doubles point loss. Uh, Martin and Chopra were teamed up as well as McDaniel and Shakri, McKinney and Saktev with Martin and Chopra being the winners there. Uh, and then they did sweep out the singles, uh, all in, uh, in really not dropping a set kind of, or not dropping a, uh, yeah, a set kind of way. So, you know, good to see them bounce back, but that first, uh, First afternoon, on, uh, and granted it was a Thursday, so maybe busy day, midterm type type deal. But uh, a little bit rocky at the start. Uh, that uh, is a lot of words in a row, though. So
0: if anyone has any thoughts on the second doubleheader, uh, I'm all ears. Let me give you a natural break. It, it seemed like this first doubleheader, at least based on the matchups that we're seeing, it looks like a lot of lineup rotation trying to figure out what works before we head into uh before we had an ACC play we saw a couple instances of this last year too except maybe not in this kind of doubleheader, like immediate comparison foil situation
2: i was going to say that that's the that's the time to do it uh, and they're 5 and 0 which is stacking up wins is kind of the 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 aim that we had earlier and they did continue to stack them up on sunday going 7-0 and, and
0: 6-1 all right so wafford and Alabama State. Tell me more.
2: Yep. Uh, So that 7-0 I mentioned was over at Wofford. Uh, That was bright and early on Sunday morning. Uh, They won doubles. uh, 2-1, I guess you could say, was the decision there. Martin McDaniel uh, and Chopin Shokri got the wins. And then across the singles uh, it was uh, a straight sweep 6-0 uh, martin won in 2 mcdaniel won 6 0 6-0, 6-0 and, and jack and i were discussing before we went live just how uh, impressive it is to completely 6-0 an opponent and and they did it twice so really great to see there mcdaniel rounding into some form um of note the i guess the fourth and fifth courts yeah fourth and fifth courts were uh, decided uh, in some form of tiebreak or another, with Sock and and Fullitt on court four, uh, splitting their first two sets after the match had already been decided. Sock won 10 2 uh, there. And then Shokri defeated Horn 6 3 7 6. So that tiebreak was to decide the second set. Uh, as for Alabama State, 6 1 was the final there. You had Martin and McDaniel. Uh, and chopra and Chokri winners uh McKinney and Bauer were unfinished, so uh very good work, quick work there and then in singles it was five one all your winners were in two sets that includes McKinney falling in two uh to Johnson of Alabama state uh, of note Martin and McDaniel again McDaniel on fire went six zero six three Martin was six four six one uh really uh top to bottom uh pretty pretty solid play on Sunday for the men.
0: Flipping over to the women's side, the women, the headline is that they dispatched Georgia State uh, 7-0 in a clean sweep. But interesting thing here is you saw a similar theme of lineup rotation too. The doubles, or the six uh, women that played doubles were not the same as the six uh, women that played singles. So tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Uh, this is the kind of quick work you want against your mid and low majors. Uh Lee and Cherabura 6-0. Bill chivin Cruz 6-0. The other was unfinished in doubles. Uh of note, we kind of or I kind of wondered last week where Ava Roster was at. Uh, well, she was back this week uh playing on court five. That was a 6-2-6-2 6-2 win. And this is a great sign uh because talking about the addition of Alejandra Cruz, uh, this is showing that she can slot in and uh, push a talented tech player down one court, which means we have that much more depth. Uh, Rosie Garcia-Gross was playing on six, while your three ranked jackets were playing on courts uh, one, two, and three. And I thought Kate Cheruburu was ranked in singles as well, and now I'm seeing she's not on the lineup. So even... Uh, the more the merrier there, uh, Carol Lee's a top 10 player. It seems like Georgia Tech has kind of shook one of those out of the woodwork, uh, annually, uh, when they've been a good team. But, uh, slotting Sherabura back in, uh, to this lineup, uh, presumably making it Lee, Sherabura, Bilchev, uh, Jane Cruz and Roster is really quite the top six and, uh, shows just the kind of depth they've stacked up with the freshmen, uh, in Cruz and the sophomores, uh, over
0: the last two years. Yeah. You can really play around with. Some of the combinations here, right? And I think that's what they did today because the, your doubles pairings are, like you said, Lee Sharborough is the one, is the top line one that we know, the one that we're watching in terms of national contention. Bill Chip Cruz, Jane Marsh. Marsh doesn't factor in at all into the singles play, but you see Froster and Gross come into play singles. So you have like a six, six, seven, eight woman deep rotation here if not more, I think my math is off there, that you can, that of dependable players developing here. And especially with that addition of Cruz, who got um, rookie of the week, I believe, last week as well. You know that you have something cooking here. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how well they do once they get uh, the ground running for ACC play. Any other notes on tennis before we move over to the pool?
1: I didn't know that they'll stop the third doubles match if they don't need to finish it. That I kind of figured they just play it out, but that I guess that makes sense. If it's already it depends over, on the
0: competition. Like sometimes does. they'll play it through.
1: Okay, yeah, I was like, that's but it makes sense to play it through, like for statistical purposes. But also, it's like, well, if the points are, you decide to just move, just move along. Don't even worry about it. Get out of there. Yeah, I know,
0: especially in the early season, early stages of the season, they'll play it through just so everyone gets matched mm-hmm. um, and, and gets, yeah. you know.
1: I wonder if but, weather was was a consideration as well, or like darkness or something like that.
2: It It's also something with uh, the women only playing one picture this week that, uh, you know, you, you play them through with uh, needing the tune up before ITA. Cause it, I, I would say it doesn't quite get the same play from non tennis fans, but ITA is, I mean, it's a national championship. Like it's just not the NCAA one. Right. So it. Yeah no it, very very big deal and got got to get in shape real quick for it
1: got it on friday mm-hmm.
0: yes that is coming up for both programs this weekend i believe the women are headed to berkeley and yep. the men are headed to Stanford. i don't have Palo alto my favorite uh, well, I guess they can take Akshay, the same way. I'm a Stanford fan. They they could have you know.
1: both gone to Stanford. I think. I think that was a possibility with how the draft worked out, and they just they just both didn't go there. They'll both the, get um, to
0: SFO and take different buses. Yes, from the airport.
2: <laughs> Not well, speaking with the, the, the bus same that, that and I of took this summer,
0: but that's they'll a they'll different head the same way thing. for like half of the trip and then split off because the going to Berkeley is a nightmare from SFO
2: i do wanna I do wanna say one thing there, um one, it's not a nightmare. you could take a train and it takes you right there two uh Georgia Tech did have the seventeenth draft position. they chose to be the two seat at Cal and immediately after them, Florida State picked the two seat at Stanford and immediately after that Arkansas picked to be the three seat at Stanford, so uh yes, they did in fact have the option to uh wind up the two at at Stanford. so mm-hmm. good job, Jack. Very nicely
0: done. Let's move over to the pool. Men and women swim and dive faced off versus Queen's University from Charlotte and West Florida. So I I have on the shot sheet here some personal doubts about the competitiveness of the schedule. But, Mr. Grant, you've informed me that Queen's University of Charlotte is actually a legitimate swimming power of some sort.
2: Well, I wouldn't call them instantly a division one swimming power. That being said, Queen Swimming, I'm going to get the exact number, uh, uh of titles here, but it is, it is not a, uh, let's say, uh, schlubby program. Uh, it, it's quite good. In fact, they are brand new to division one swimming. And, uh, by the metric that Akshay and I invented the cap rankings, uh, we have them at, uh, number 27 on the men's side and, and number 45 on the women's side, uh, while Georgia tech in those same rankings are sitting at 24 and 39. So really a comparable program, uh, all around to Georgia tech, uh, again, the women a little bit lower, but, uh, in, in terms of, in terms of Queens, uh, again, I'm, I'm really struggling to pull up the, uh, the history a great of the, podcast preparation, the NCAA the that they've, that they've got here, but, um, Division two power, I'm going to get back to you on those number of championships. Uh, Queens is a borderline top 25, top 30 program on the men's side. Uh, It's a, dare I say, I think it might be our first quality win on the men's side of the year. Uh, And it's enough that the men are now ranked number 22. We can talk about the results in just a second. But uh, (laughs) uh, a 149 to 112 win over a program right in, for, for lack of a better way to put it, right in your neighborhood, I think that's a pretty pretty good weekend and and this is a team that i'm very uh uh i don't want to say down on but i definitely know that they lost a lot of pieces with those fifth years uh from last year so really great to see uh them taking down someone in their neighborhood
0: i have those d2 championships pulled up because wikipedia is fun uh they have 10 ncaa division 2 swimming and diving championships five on the women's side five on the men's side in consecutive years starting from 2015 to 2019
1: well, they deserve to jump up, I guess. My goodness.
2: Yeah. They, they've they yeah. got a really, really great top-to-bottom uh, non-rev baseball. Um,
1: the North Dakota know, State baseball. of D2 Swimming?
2: Apparently. I mean, they're not bad. They're not bad. I think they must have been on the schedule back in – the COVID times, because I believe we had Queens and Emory on the schedule at one point, that sounds familiar. which at the, that point were the reigning D two and D three championships, I don't, I feel like my brain wouldn't make that up. Right. right.
1: Everybody's been, I mean, yeah. Emory's been good. So like, that, oh, that, yeah. yeah, that would make, that would make sense. It's to me, Emory
0: sure. and a country club sport. Are you surprised? Am I surprised in any capacity? Not really. No, no, you shouldn't be
1: also Emory, <laughs> a great oh, Frisbee golf course.
0: Really?
1: Yeah, floor, yeah. Like, on of campus? course there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got you gotta play on Sunday mornings when no one's there though. Huh. We'll, of course we'll
2: there Talk is. online because I know a lot of people that go way further than Emory to go play Frisbee Golf, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Mr Grant, individual scores. Hit me.
2: Uh also I had the NCAA site up. Queens did win the twenty twenty two uh men's and women's swimming and diving D2 championship. So, they need to update that Wikipedia page. Oh, so they're, uh, scores.
1: They're fresh fresh D1 then.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, brand new. Um the but anyway, scores. 149-112 on the men's side, the Queens on the women's side, 191-103 and they beat West Florida 234-66, I believe. Don't quote me on this, but I believe there's some sort of coaching staff connection to West Florida. So I was trying to figure out how they played into this,
1: Hmm.
2: played into this mix, but uh, I could not, uh, could not place it. Also, uh, they, the Queens did win in 2021, uh, just in case, to to erase any doubt, seven in a row for them uh, before they left D2. Um, in the individual performances, we had Denise Ertan, uh, winning the 1650 free and the 500 freestyle. Batur Unlu, uh, winning the 200 free and 500 freestyle. Mark Kilavu winning the 650 free and coming in second in the 500 freestyle. Ray Kuramoto winning the 200 free for the women. Berke Saka winning the one and 200 backstroke. Anna Haji Loizu. Wow. I did not think that through before I started speaking. And Mackenzie Campbell, uh, with 200 butterfly and 400 IM wins. All of those are coming with NCAA consideration, the B cut. So not an automatic, but they're at least in the mix. And dare I say, gents, that is a big reason why the men are currently ranked in the top 25 with this, uh, this month's update.
1: I'm going to go with Haji Loizu. Haji Loizu. Uh,
2: your guess is as good as mine.
1: (laughs) I agree with you on the men. Like they, I mean, I remember talking to them last year at NCAAs and, they were very, the fifth years were very adamant of like we stayed because we wanted to help cultivate this thing and turn it into something better that it would actually have some staying power and the staying is there clearly in terms of a very immediate ranking and the crux at the, the beginning of the meaty part of the season.
2: Well, and, and that's, that's them bouncing back, right? That they, they lost so much. I mean, Ferraro didn't quite get as much, uh, I think as, as his fair share would have been uh, mm-hmm. without pamputi's kind of being the, the, you know, the guy, um, but the two of them, and obviously a lot of other uh, fifth years, last year's as well, that were very strong. But those two come into mind most uh, most particularly. The two of those guys, uh, huge part of it.
1: All that to say, I mean, the, the team is in a better spot than it has been in a while. Um, I think there is in the we Swim at Home this week, I believe, as well. I'm going to try to go to that. I haven't been to a meet this year and get this in the new seats.
0: Those seats are pretty fresh. I think that like only a couple weeks since they've been installed, right?
1: Uh, a little bit more than that, but yeah, I mean, they've only had a couple three meets, and I, there may have been some kids stuff going on. I mean, land obviously has been there, so parents have been using it. So, mm. uh, But yeah, this will be the, the, the first, these men's, these January meets have been the first things that have been running there since the seats were installed.
0: Let's talk about diving very fast. You had three zone qualifiers, but the men's, curiously, did not count.
2: The men only dove an exhibition this week because, well... West Florida only has a women's team, Um, but uh, the men for Queens did not. I guess Queens doesn't. Question mark They weren't there for the men either. It was West Florida and uh, Georgia Tech. So men's results did not count. They all did it in exhibition. So go
0: figure. Oh, fair enough. Uh, also, those qualifiers for zones: Katie McHayton, Anna Bratiskew, and Carmen Woodruff. I don't remember if I said their names, or either of us said those their names. So there is that as well. Let's move over to track and field, what some call the the on land version of swimming. They have a new building. Uh, well, it's not really a new building; it's a renovated building, wouldn't you say, Mr. Purdy?
1: Uh yes, I actually don't know where this is on campus. I need to go find it. I got a friend on the team. I should I should poke them about that. I think it's just the it's across from Muirborn. Okay, it's across right from me board. The, okay. yeah, It's okay. Across okay, me board. The
0: building that is next to the not the recordings the TV studio.
1: Yes, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, they got the little like just the general lounge area. The baseball team got that with Champions Hall a couple of years ago. Uh, the new football locker room, of course. So just in the vein of all the resting recreational spaces for the teams getting upgraded or rebuilt and dragon fields now it looks very nice it's on their social medias if you want to check it out
0: it's very in line with both the baseball renovation uh yes. Design-wise, and the football locker room renovation, it is. yeah, it is uh, from a while ago, and I guess the volleyball one, technically from last year, because they had got a renovation recently.
1: I guess, um, yeah, they got a little bit of up Their room is also just really small too. I can't wait for the out- outgrow keep so they can have like a proper size. It's on. It's floor floor on space. the
0: list of projects.
2: On the list. It's on the list of projects. Are we gonna are 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 we gonna go into how that was gonna come a couple of years ago? Because I thought that no, was like you're, you're happening,
0: to... but. We're we're going to let that one lay until there are confirmed details we can be journalists about. Uh, but what there are confirmed details uh, that we can be journalists about are some of the results from track and field this weekend at Vanderbilt.
2: Track and field headed up to Nashville this weekend. They spend most of the winter in either Nashville or Clemson. Um, so I hope they get good rates on hotels. Uh, anyways, uh, you had a couple notable results. Your first place finishers on the weekend, Anna Witherspoon and Taylor Grimes. Those are in the 60-meter hurdles and dash, respectively. Good to see some wins, uh, relatively crowded meet. So good to uh, good to see that. A couple second place finishes, Julia Harris, Shanti Papacosta, second in the 200-meter uh, for Harris with a 24.36 36 and uh, 168 for the high jump. I may have said that Witherspoon and Taylor Grimes were the winners in the hurdles and the dash. I believe that's Witherspoon and Harris, uh, because I'm very certain that Harris did win an event. So shame on me there for, uh, for bungling that one. Uh, in terms of third place finishers, um, you had Cameron O'Neill and Matthew Mazzucano. That's, Third for both of them, 769 in a long jump. That's 769 meters and a 4.8 meter pole vault. Uh, among the relays, the men also finished second in the 4 by 400 meter relay. And if there's one thing that I harp on a lot about in swimming and would love to do more on track is that the relays are very important uh, and show great depth. So hopefully they can keep that up and uh, that translates well to individual events, but also some points at ACC's. Good
0: stuff. Any other notes on active NCAA sports before we wrap up here with a couple uh, more. just confirmed Harris
2: notes? did Harris did win the uh, 60 meter dash, not to Grimes. Grimes came in second in the 60
0: meter hurdles. Uh, How could you do job, this to me? Meters. How could you oh do this goodness. to me and be inaccurate? I'm so wow. offended.
1: The worst. I guess the only thing I would think of is I will note. We talked about the football staff being hired, but Tech like officially officially announced it. Doesn't change anything, but it's it's what we said is confirmed. Jeep
0: Wade's yep. name is getting a lot of play on Twitter. I'll leave mm. it at that. Jeep, Jeep indeed. Uh, let's talk about hockey very quick. They had senior night this past weekend, uh, but one of their games this weekend was a loss. 4-3 to Clemson. Did we ever figure out what the score on the
1: other game was?
2: I couldn't find any record of it happening. Not in social media and not on the CHF website.
1: They're supposed to play an outdoor game in Athens, which is already sold out in case you wanted to go to that. But it, it, this is interesting how they're going to pull off an outdoor game in Georgia in the first week of February, which you'd think would be not a bad time to try it pulled off. But the weather is not exactly
0: they also hockey said it weather. Was a- brand new rink which makes me want to google well, so i
1: did check and they're also playing Ole miss on that rink before they play tech or do what uga is playing Ole miss first so this we will not be the first test run of that uh so that's is this just, just gotta, gonna end
0: up like that lake tahoe game that had to get postponed because the ice was melting I, the I nhl hope, lake tahoe game
1: i yeah i know what you're talking about i really hope not uh just for the sake of like that seems cool to Go watch a game out there outside I mean, in, in Georgia. I mean, they've done it in Nashville for the for the Predators as well. But I mean, this is still a little bit further south. Dallas out, for bit. the Stars too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I mean, the, I don't
0: know. until they do it in Miami, I won't believe it. Or excuse <laughs> me, Sunrise Florida, Sun, whatever the hell it's the pa- called. The
1: Panthers play in Miami.
0: Is it my? I can never yeah, put where sunrise, the actual. Florida. Yeah, I can never like place these damn teams when it comes to hockey. Yeah.
1: The only the only really confusing ones is well the Arizona Coyotes that used to be the Phoenix Coyotes and then they the play Pan- in
0: Mullet Arena.
1: Yes, yes they. Well, they, they were, were in Glendale and now they're in Tempe.
2: Right.
0: They play in the thirty thousand or not 30, thirty three thousand. That is yep. one factor ten off. Wow. The three thousand seat Mullet Arena, purpose built for Arizona State Hockey. Yep. Incredible. Incredible that the NHL and Gary Bettman chose to let that team function and stay in Arizona instead of the Thrashers in Atlanta. But that's all I have time to complain for about today. I think that about wraps it up for us this week. Uh, we'll have softball and baseball previews in a couple of weeks as those seasons come closer. I think we're just about a month away, a little less than a month for softball in particular.
1: We're under uh, for both of them now.
0: Counting is hard. Never been good at math.
2: It's like a week and a half till softball. We really got to preview them, don't we? Yeah, that's like next week.
0: I'll put it on the schedule. Uh, But I think that is about it for us. Mr. Grant, take us home.
2: Yeah. So thanks again for tuning in. This has been Science of the Southland. I am Jake and Jack and Akshay would like to thank you for listening as well. You can find all of us. Uh, you can find Jack and myself uh, on Twitter at Jake Grant98 and Jack Nicklaus, but you can find all of us at FTRS blog on Twitter uh, at from the Rumble Seat on Facebook and Instagram. I'm doing this in a different order because I feel like it. Uh, you can also find the website fromtherumbleseat.com. We put up articles with this and a bevy of other content as well. Uh, you can comment there comment review uh subscribe rate all that good stuff uh we really do appreciate the feedback and if you feel like submitting some longer comments you can find us uh from the rumble seat at com. this podcast is available whenever fine podcasts are distributed and we thank you once again for listening good night good luck and go jackets
0: Mr. Grant, I'm told you have more trivia for us.
2: I do have some trivia for you. Uh, Welcome to this week's edition of Jake's Historic Bit of the Week that needs a second name, uh, segment name, if you will. Uh, This week, I have a fairly straightforward question. It's out of my complete compiled Georgia Tech football history results uh, page of the website. Giving it to you straight, boys. What is Tech football's most win against a single opponent without taking a loss all time.
1: So to clarify, this is the most wins in a row before they lost for the first time. Yep. That, nope. that, Just no. most
0: wins, zero like losses. Longest, ever. longest winning streak. No. Is it longest it is, winning? Streak? Okay.
2: No, 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 It is out of all of our opponents, whom have we only beaten?
1: Oh, okay. So there's, One thousand win percentage. I most see, wins. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. This makes sense. Oh boy, um, haven't we played like everybody? Because we're old.
2: Not uh, that old. Yeah, we've taken some John interesting Heisman losses. John Heisman was our coach. We're old. Yeah, we've taken we've taken some interesting losses to some of the teams you might not might not think. Um, uh, let me oh. let me give you a little bit of guidance. Yes, please. It's not one of the things that would immediately come to mind.
1: I'm kind of
0: assuming that. One yes. clarification: Is this going to be some like weird Iowa like high school nope. air school or thing? If you get my parlance,
1: can, can yes. we get a can I, we I, get, I, can we get a region I, of the country?
2: Yes, the southeast. Um, it's not Mercer, but think Mercer-like schools.
1: Mercer-like schools. Okay. Sewanee. Oh, that's a good one. No, but good guess. Oh man.
2: Um, oh,
0: do you want you want the number and the opponent, right?
2: Number of games and the opponent. Yes. I'm, I'm Furman's going. a good guess
1: too. Furman in like I don't know, twelve games.
2: Uh, Furman, we we, <laughs> I believe we've taken a, at least one loss. I know we've taken at least what? one loss to Furman. Oh my! However, goodness. I will give you another hint. Okay. They are in the same conference as Furman and Murf, Mercer.
0: Were yeah, you about I to say Murphur?
1: I don't. I don't yes. know that conference sadly. I, I and,
0: uh, No, Georgia S- State has only existed is, for- is,
1: is it Georgia Southern? Nope. Oh man, I don't even know if they're the same. I conference, think we've though. only
2: played them like four times ever. All yeah. right, I'll give you another hint. They're in the state of Alabama.
1: Oh.
0: To- hold on, don't I need to make A&M? sure I pronounce this p- correctly.
2: Tusculum.
0: Nope. Tusculum.
2: Nope. It's bigger than Tusculum. They're located near Birmingham. They are not UAB. Oh, there's somebody who's listening to this that's like screaming the answer oh,
1: right now. Oh lordy, I feel it. I, I, I we're don't think so I'm, dumb. I don't know my Birmingham <laughs> schools well enough. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: it sounds like a school he, he, Akshay's a fan of from the
1: Samford. west coast. Yes, oh, it's Samford. Samford. Oh, it's a good one. That's a good. That's a good. Question. But what's the number? Yeah. It's
0: are you going to so, guess? Yes. Uh, oh, I'll yeah. say ten. Sixteen. It's eight. Oh. We are
2: eight no all time against Sam Mufford. Uh, those results. Uh, game spread f- between 2007 and 1903. The first two in 03 and 11 coming on the road. Very unusual in 1911 for Heisman to play anyone on the road. It's probably because Birmingham is an easy train trip away and he didn't mm-hmm. have to dither through the countryside. Uh, Samford did not score points against Tech in the first six meetings five yeah five meetings sorry uh and uh georgia tech has last played them in 07 a 69 to 14 win in front of 43,288 fans at home i will note that i did not account for ties in doing this because i'm dumb so there might be a team out there that which we have not lost to um so just take this as unblemished finish uh so most wins without a loss
1: or a tie Pretty sure we got room in the schedule in 25 to Adam if we need to get another win.